Hello everyone and welcome to another brand new 2008 episode of Rewind the Times. I'm the first of your two Ooh. hosts, Time Traveler, Alex Horton. And I'm the second of your two hosts, uh, Space Adventurer, Liam Lonergan. You've been to space. Yeah, um, it's, it was a, it was a fun trip. Um, I just feel like, you know, we're all stuck here, you know, in our own homes. And we can't Not go us. anywhere because there's... Yeah. 2008. Yeah. Oh, no, we're time travelers. So we're still here. Right now, we record in the present. Yeah. Try not to remind me. Yeah. Anyway, I went to space. Yeah, that's all you need to know is... Nothing happened. Had sex with an alien. That's about all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Well, the alien had sex found, with me. Found the planet Bug Snacks. Yeah. <sighs> so this so week was movies, a, yeah. a fun week. Um, so last week we said we would be covering uh, the Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus Best of Both Worlds 3D concert movie and the uh, uh, Asian horror remake The Eye uh, but then Canada went and stole a movie from us mm -hmm. Canada went and just did us dirty I don't know what about The Eye 2008 that Canada doesn't like but for, for whatever reason uh, the censors have decided that it's an illegal movie and um it's probably enjoying it. It's probably the fact that um, Jessica Alba was in it, and at no point does she turn into the Invisible Woman. You know how Fantastic Four is Canada's favorite film. It's the national film of Canada, mm -hmm. so that is that's a fact. Look it up. Yeah, so that was fun. I um, I watched both the 2008, The Eye, and the original version. And now we can't even cover it, which mm -hmm. was fun. No, we can't um, talk about it at all. No. Uh, Nor should we. And I had some interesting things to say about it, but then Canada had to go and shoot us in the dick. It's, yeah. Well, they do that so too, now, but... So now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we're covering uh, Hannah Montana and Over Her Dead Body, a another film from the same weekend in 2008 that is... I will give you a spoiler. It is. It was worse than I thought the eye was, so that was fun. Ooh. Not that the eye was good, but... Um, well, I, don't know. I thought I couldn't go wrong with Paul Rudd, but... but Turns we'll out. Alright, so... Um, before we get into it, can I just talk about the eye for a little bit? Just real quick. Do it. I just want to. I just want to mention. So I watched. So both versions of this movie are bad. Like there's no good mm. version of this movie. Um. But man, there's this. It's it's impressive because it's a take where the original version is directed by the Pang brothers. It was quieter. It was more subtle. It was more atmospheric. And yet the American version was louder it was full of jump scares it was in your face it was obvious oh, and i th think that worked better actually 
Because the other one was so subtle, it was just boring as hell. Right? Like, it was almost at the point, like, the whole movie is about this woman who's blind, gets an eye transplant, uh, but gets the eyes from, like, a psychic who could see visions of the dead. Um, and now she's being haunted by them. And in the Jessica Alba version, these ghosts are, like, menacing her, and they're trying to scare her, and she's seeing, like, dead people right before they die, and all of this shit. But in the original version, they're just kind of there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, dead people are in the hallway when she walks by, and she's like, hey, and he's like, have have you seen my report card? Like, that's it. Like, the ghost like, I need to find my report card. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't have it. And I it's assume like, oh. they just didn't do much with it. No. So it's like, it, 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 like the first film is so lacking in conflict. Like the the American version does the thing. Like uh, she's got a doctor, and she tries to tell the doctor all the problems she's having, and the doctor's like, "Well, you're clearly just crazy." As opposed to the original one, where the doctor is like, well, obviously you're 100% telling the truth about seeing ghosts, and now I'm in love with you. Mm. Which, again, is just like, there's no conflict in the original version, so it's just so boring. And even though in the American version, the conflict is so lame and boring, it at least is a conflict. It Also, it ends with a bunch of buses exploding, which I did not see coming. Mm. Why? See, this is the stuff we could have been talking about, but Canada <laughs> had to go and ban the eye. Mm. The Canada once got a splinter in its eye, and now it's like anytime somebody mentions like eye stuff, it's just like no, hey, like, no, that's gross. not happening. That that's not. Don't put that in my Tim Hortons. Don't do that. Good one. But what did we really watch that we can talk about? I don't know if I'm done with the Tim Hortons shit. Well, you should be. Alright. So the first movie we watched is Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus, Best of Both Worlds concert movie. This is a 2008 concert film based on Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana. Well, I guess Miley Cyrus is Hannah Montana. Based on her Wait, uh, concert tour in 2007. It, it was explained in the movie, Liam. Just shut the fuck up. So let's get some back coverage on that movie. The sold-out concert event that rocked the nation is bursting onto Disney DVD for a limited time only in an extended edition with a concert experience so real it's like having a backstage pass. Make some noise and get ready for the year's most eye-popping dance-in-your-seat experience with Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus' Best of Both Worlds concert movie. For the first time ever, Miley performs as both herself and Hannah in the same epic show with a special appearance by the Jonas Brothers and exclusive special features, including a sing-along mode, additional songs, and a rare inside look into the rock star lives of Miley Cyrus and the Jonas Brothers. This movie sensation is is as close as you'll come to achieving the best of both worlds, according to Elizabeth Weitzman of the New York Daily, uh, Daily News. So, first things Great first. Uh, we grew up right in the height of this. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew up in the middle of Hannah Montana, Rise to Power. This was... I we lived through it. I always... I keep saying how old we were when this stuff came out, but we were... 12? 11 or 12 when this stuff came out? Uh, and, um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... That One checks. of the two. Um... I was a big Disney Channel fan back in the day. I would watch Disney Channel as I fell asleep. So it is safe to say I'd seen probably like 30 or 40 episodes of Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen none. I figured as much. You were uh, you were the kid that watched Frasier and Seinfeld, oh, if dude, I remember I correctly. Frasier. I was just thinking about what? Frasier the other day. There's this, there's this one where they were in this um, car, this automotive class, because their dad had to, you know, force him to be in there. And then, and then Niles, he, he was doing a thing on an engine, and he, he stripped the screw. And then the guy came up, and he's like, that's not what... So what you did there was strip the screw. And then, and then Frazier came up, was like, oh, good job, Niles. Here, let me try. And then it made me laugh. What do you think a Hannah Montana Frasier crossover would have looked like? Um, like they tell Frasier he has to interview Hannah Montana on his show, and he's yeah. like, "But I don't know these t- these teens these days." Here's, here's what it would be, right? Mm-hmm. KACL, the radio station that he works at, would have would be having a special promotion where Miley Cyrus and or Hannah Montana would make guest appearances on the show right so they would be co-hosting an episode and then um fraser's son who i forget the name of right now uh is uh, gertrude se- gertrude is secretly a f- big fan and tries to weasel his way in i also now, think niles would be a big fan at secretly. no at the same time i'm going um, off of having seen no episodes Daph- of fraser daphne's niece which is not a character but they of course they would add them is visiting from the uk and she's also a big fan so what niles is doing is he's trying to coerce tickets to a concert out of hannah montana in order to impress daphne in order to get closer and then um i don't know what their dad would be doing but it would be funny Oh no! The salute. The resolution would be they're trying to keep uh, their dad out of out of their hair because they're trying to deal with their own things and trying to not scare her off, right? But then mm-hmm. the dad would bring their dog Eddie, and then suddenly Miley Cyrus loves the dog, and then they'd be like, he'd be like, "See, I do great with the kids." So, hey, if you're out there and you're listening and you're looking for a Frasier reboot, I mean, we're your guys. Mm-hmm. We're I know all the characters' names. I know Frasier, Niles, Gertrude, and Daphne, the ones you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I watched the show as a kid. I remember the episodes where Hannah Montana's got a credit card and spent all her money the one where she kissed that boy the one where her pants exploded i i the one where she got a a zit 
and it was called You're So Vain, You Probably Think Zit Is About You. I, I remember all of those classic episodes of Hannah Montana, um, mm-hmm. and yet I can safely say I never once listened to her music. That is safe to say, yeah. I, 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 like, I, going into this movie, I was shocked at how much of this music I remembered. I mm. think there was only, like, yes. one or two songs I, like, was like, oh, I didn't, I'd never heard that one. Well, there, well yeah, but, I, uh, I thought I was, because I, I tried singing along, but of course, you know, I couldn't. But then, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. You gotta work it. Again and again. You you get the best of both worlds. Mix it all together, and you know that it's the best of both worlds. Jonas Brothers. Um, hey, that was now, a year, fun... three, year 3000 is a banger, so calm the fuck down there. I was surprised at how good it was. <laughs> I don't think I it's ever a... heard that song before, but it, it was... It was a... I, I was impressed. It's especially weird when you consider that song, if I remember correctly, it was written... Just to go with the Meet the Robinsons movie, which really? is also a movie I haven't thought thought about in years, because it sucks. Yeah, probably. Uh, um, did we actually have I, anything to say about this movie, or is it just? I mean, it was. It's definitely pandering. Um. Well. I mean, it just wring some extra money out of the people who couldn't get make it to your concert. I mean, it's definitely it's hard to say because it's like it's kind of like the prospect of reviewing like a documentary, where it's kind of like you know you can talk about how it's made, and I don't think there's anything technically wrong with this movie. It looks nice mm-hmm. enough. It's shot well enough. It sounds a little muddled, but it wasn't that big a deal. Um, but I mean, it's all going to be about how much you care about the subject. And in this case, it's like, we're 20 something guys in the year 2020. I don't even think Miley Cyrus gives a shit about Hannah Montana anymore. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it, it what I, yeah, like I can't say I was enjoying the film. I can't say I was interested in it, but I also fully aware that this is not a movie made for me to be watching. This is made for young girls or people who... Like, if you, in the year 2007, went to one of these concerts, I'm sure this is going to be a fucking blast. Yeah. But But that's not the case for either of us. It seems in the vein of... um, What the fuck was that movie called? Meet the Spartans, where we're not supposed to be watching it now, and it wasn't made for us to be watching it right now. But that's the fun of the time travel. This is back in the day. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, even back in the day, you know, this isn't something that was made for you and me. Like, even even though I had watched the show, like, there wasn't a ton. Like, they didn't have any clips from the show. They didn't have, like, any skits or sketches. Uh, in fact, that's something I thought was uh, disappointing, for me at least, was I'd seen a couple concert movies. I saw the Katy Perry concert movie in theaters, mm-hmm. um, and that also Why? was okay. I, I think, I th- literally, I think it was, it came out the same time as the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, and I went to go see Spider-Man. It was sold out, so I had to get tickets for the next show, and I was like, 
beat sitting in the lobby of the theater for two hours while nothing happens. Sure. Yeah. And, um, it, but that was the thing. It was like, that one was nice because it actually had like a lot of behind the scenes footage at the concert and that was all kind of cool. Which did have some. Yeah, but not a lot. And I also got to admit, like, I don't know about you, but like, there's always this air that Disney puts its child stars through a lot that they probably shouldn't. Mm. And so hearing this, like, there's at one point where a guy is like, talking about how like Miley you know oh yeah you know she's got the rehearsal for the concert then the actual concert then she's got to film her show then she's got to record then she's got mm-hmm. radio appearances then she's got talk show appearances and it's kind of like yeah it seems like you're putting her through hell like it sounds awful mm-hmm. like maybe she should just be in school but then there's another couple parts that really like made me kind of uncomfortable like like the film for some reason devotes an entire part to like, they're doing some kind of, like, dance move where they throw Miley up in the air. And mm-hmm. the first time they did it, they almost drop her. And so the next day, she's telling them how she does not want to do that move anymore because it scared her and it's not mm-hmm. really necessary to the show. So she doesn't really want like to do it. she's, like, 14. Yeah, and she's, like, literally she 13 is. or... Literally, probably, like, 13 or 14, yeah. And... Uh, every adult there, including like the dancers, the stage director, and her own mother, are just like, "Nah, shut up! You're gonna do the you're gonna mm-hmm. do the stunt. There's nothing wrong with it. Just do it." And I was like, "That's not a great feeling." Mm-hmm. Like a fourteen-year-old like, girl saying, "Touching her." Yeah, at one point she was like, "Yeah, don't worry. The guy's gonna grab your ass, and he'll got, <laughs> he's got you safe." I mean, just he, like, he didn't he didn't say exactly that, but that's what he that's what they were doing. Or, yeah, like, there's even another part where it's, like, they're showing off, like, hey, this is the part where Miley gets into her costume changes between the show, between, like, musical numbers. And I'm looking around, I'm like, there's, like, five adult men in here. Like, that's not good. That's gross. not like, fun, that's, no. That's not, that's not it's, great. It was all kind of gross. But, yeah, I... I don't know. I also realized we skipped our fact sheet. On this, because I'm oh, an idiot. Well, there, there wasn't much. Like, is there anything? Tell me the biggest, coolest one. The, there were two things I thought were actually cool. One thing that's worth noting is that this film, if as far as my research can show me, this film still holds the highest, uh, still holds the record for the best per theater gross. Uh, this film came out in only about 500 theaters across the country, where it earned about 43 thousand dollars per theater which is actually kind of insane that it made that much like that's like every showing sold out mm-hmm. in every single one of those theaters which i thought was actually impressive and that's a record as far as i can tell that it still holds well, um, I and then a another thing people a lot of kids are watching disney channel all the time right and i imagine they would be advertising yeah, I mean... this concert you know, it gets sold out everywhere. Like, oh no, I couldn't make it. Oh my God, Dad, I know it was like a hundred bucks, so you didn't want to take me to the concert. But look, it's it's ten bucks, and we can see the movie. See it in three D right here in our hometown. Yeah. And of course, he goes, yeah, yeah okay, because he was, you know, the kid was talking about it, you know, all the time. Do you think like they had a contest where you could win? There's a fucking monster truck driving down my street. 
It's like an actual good. full monster truck. I'm going to leave that in because that was cool. America's not stopping because of COVID. We still got our monster trucks on the street. We're going to die. Um, do you think they had a dad run in high heels to win tickets to the to the movie and theaters? Mm. What? <laughs> How did you feel about that part where they made all the little girls scream at the top of their lungs? Uh, not good. I didn't. I didn't think it was worth it. Very weird choices. Like the concert I got, but this one was kind of like all this stuff in between. All felt a little weird. Um, oh, here's something. In the alternate cut of the movie, there's a scene where Miley and her father, Billy Ray Cyrus, are talking in the back of their car. This was cut from the theatrical cut of the movie because they did not wear their seatbelts. Cool. I didn't notice that. Well, I saw... I, I You watched it on Disney+. Plus. I watched it on the blu-ray so who knows mm. i might have gotten some extra stuff i also got the chance to watch the movie in 3d as god intended yes you sent me a very excellent picture of you wearing the 3d glasses that obviously came with this blu-ray yeah i um one day i'll make like an instagram or uh, a twitter no not a fucking instagram someday maybe i'll make a twitter and i'll put that photo on there but yeah i watched the 3d cut and it is uh i could make it i think maybe 10 minutes before i got really sick and had to stop it's that That's awful good. like blue and red 3d it didn't work really at all and um i also noted that it, it did feel kind of cheap like because the crowd was 3d but there were times where for the majority of the 10 minutes i watched the concert itself like, the stage was not 3D. So you're only getting a 3D crowd. Mm. Which you could get just inside the theater. Alright. So, yeah, alright. Let's get down to business. Favorite part, least favorite part. My least favorite part was probably the... The one where she didn't want to do a stunt, and then her mother who she loves and trusted told her to do it anyway yeah um and my favorite part was uh i had never seen any of those like backstage uh like soundstage type setups for uh rehearsing a concert it seemed like an interesting it was like a it was a room like they weren't doing it on the stage it's it didn't mm -hmm. seem like but there were there were platforms and stuff that looked like how they would do it during the actual concert and i thought that little bit of behind the scenes stuff was pretty cool i agree uh i would say my favorite part i liked a lot of behind the scenes stuff i would say my favorite part because so, one of us has to talk about the music <laughs> Not my kind of music, not the stuff I would listen to. That mm -hmm. said, the year 3000 and um, Nobody's Perfect are bangers. I did like both of those songs. Honestly. I enjoyed the, the so, year 3000. So I put those, I would say those are my favorite moments. And I would say my least favorite moment is her being forced to do the stunts. But because you already said that, I'm going to go with, and maybe this makes me a bad person, but... When she sang a slow song about her dead grandfather, mm. that uh, was just boring as hell. 
So, I don't like slow songs. And what I liked slash was validating to me was I have a general disdain for pop music. I feel on the whole that manufactured pop music is very generic and sort of feel good like junk food there's no substance but it you know it's catchy or whatever and this was very even though she prefaced it with a uh this is a song about my dead grandfather the song was generic and not about that it wasn't like oh i miss my peepaw we went to the beach every summer it was like uh you used to call me angel and now you're gone it was nothing it, and they they she even addressed that when she was like teaching the song to uh billy ray cyrus where it was like you know i wrote it so it could be you know about any kind of loss but you know we like the family knows what it's really about yeah, so. fuck you, Miley Cyrus, and your dumb song about your dead grandpa. Yeah. We're rebels. We're 24-year-old adult men making fun of Miley Cyrus's dead grandpa. Fuck you. Eat shit. Peepums. <laughs> fuck your nasty gum and get out of here. But yeah, so I'd give it a two and a half out of five. Uh, yeah. I would say, if you went to one of these concerts, or you really like Miley Cyrus's, or Hannah Montana's music, I should say, there's probably something fun here, but for everyone else, why would you watch a Hannah Montana concert movie if you didn't like Hannah Montana's music? Like, why? Mm-hmm. I've got nothing more to add. I'd say two out... I'd say two. Just because it was boring. Not even, Yeah. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not into, nor was I ever into the Hannah Montana phenomenon. So I don't know how it ranks as like a piece of Hannah Montana media, but it didn't seem very good. It didn't seem much, like if you didn't end up seeing the concert, like I'm sure 99% of people didn't, then I don't know that it would really scratch that itch so much but i mean yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't like i said i watch the show it's it's no i can't make you love hannah if you don't the episode where hannah montana tries to um get a boy she likes to like hannah montana even though he hates hannah montana um that's yeah yeah um okay but it's not it's not that but um, it isn't that. I mean, that. it was fine. It, it, I mean, I like I said, it's it's like it's. I, I feel bad giving it like a bad score instead of just a mediocre score because it's so clearly not meant for me that I'm just gonna say it's not worth it. Just five, two yeah. and a half out of five. Just get rid of it. Yep. Cool. There it is. <sighs> My boyfriend's Jackson, and there's gonna be trouble. We are family, now get me some water. Schoolie bully. Smells like teen sellout. These episodes and more can be yours if you purchase Hannah Montana Season 1 off of Disney Plus right now.
Wait, is Disney Plus a store as well? Well, they're selling uh, Mulan on there. In September, oh. you can buy Mulan for $30 if you want to watch the new one. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. What a deal. <laughs> right? I mean, maybe if you've got, like, a family of, like, 50 kids, like, a Mormon family, that maybe is useful. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, are we doing that I'm just, I, bad well, commercials just, thing again? No, I don't... I, I didn't do it. It wasn't worth it. No, it really wasn't. Um, I'm just thinking if, if we should just make fun of Mormons for, like, the next ten minutes or so. But probably well, I have not. I have, um... Mormon family, and that's not a joke. So I don't. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't think you've ever mentioned that. Yeah, well, it's not. I mean, it doesn't come up. It, it never comes up. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really that close to my family. I don't... That's fair. <laughs> did you really yeah, not I know mean, that? I don't think you ever mentioned it. If you did, it's something like again. We've been friends. For at least like over ten years, there's probably stuff you told <laughs> like me that 12 I twelve years. <laughs> there's probably stuff that I have no fucking clue that you told me about. Well, family, I don't know. For better or worse, family is not really that big of a deal to me. So it's not. It's not something I think I'd ever mention. And we've never talked about Mormonism. I don't think. <laughs> twelve years. There's a first time for everything. There's a first time for Mormons. Right here, <laughs> an exclusive on Rewind the Times. Wow. All right, let's get to the second runner-up movie. Um, yes. Over Her Dead Body. Uh, I didn't mention this last week because we didn't really talk about it. We didn't pick it. Um, I'm in this movie. <laughs> that, that threw me for a loop. I was like, what, what, do you, what did you mean by that? Is there a character named Liam that I missed? No. Um, it didn't do well. It didn't even crack the top ten. But uh, here we go. Ava Longoria Parker from TV's Desperate Housewives stars in this devilishly funny romantic comedy about holding on to the ones you love, even after you're gone. When Kate, played by TV's Ava Longoria Parker, is killed by an ice sculpture on her wedding day, her fiancé, Henry, Paul Rudd of films Knocked Up, gives up on romance until he falls for the beautiful psychic Lake Bell, played, starring in TV's Boston Legal. Who's supposed to be? Oh yeah, that's where I know her from. She looked but familiar. Kate's not have, but Kate's not having it, and now she's making it her heavenly duty to send their budding relationship six feet under. Wow, this one fucking sucked. It was it was very boring. Yeah, there was a um, point where I I almost gave up on it, and I said to that's a result. That's... I said. <laughs> I said to my girlfriend who was sitting next to me watching it, because it was a rom-com, and that seems like the thing to do, I said, uh, if Kate doesn't come back as a ghost soon, I'm, I'm it out. It took way too long for her to bring her, her mm. back. For a movie about a ghost haunting her fiancé's new girlfriend, the ghost is barely fucking in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh... It was so hard to like Kate. It's it's it was so baffling. The film Kate, we only see her alive once. We only see her on her wedding day where she's yelling at everyone and she gets crushed by an ice sculpture. Which I don't 
which like 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 I, I get that she's a bridezilla. Yeah. Why would you run behind a moving truck? Like because just, there were bushes. That's I mean, right. I, I guess they flowers. they did like slightly justify it in that like the guy who was driving the truck later shows up as a ghost who was who died in a drunk driving accident. So like <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It so <sighs> yeah. Um, it was a weak. It was yeah. a weak premise. Yeah, but like, so she becomes a ghost and she doesn't show up again until like a half hour into the movie. And the entire premise of the movie is a woman, uh, is Kate, this character, being so obsessed with the idea of, even though she is dead and a ghost and will never be able to have a relationship with him ever again, she is so obsessed with the idea of making sure her former fiancé, who she was supposed to have loved never moves on and never finds and clearly like it's clearly like he's miserable and he's finally starting to be happy again and she's like god i'll put a stop to this because it's not me mm-hmm. it's like the film t- devotes her so entirely to being like th- it's like the movie thinks it's a quirky funny conflict like she doesn't want to move on and she's trying to ruin her relationship but doesn't understand that what she's doing is so clearly, like, a bad, awful thing to do that she ends up just becoming this character where it's like, how the hell did Paul Rudd ever agree to marry her? Like, she seems genuinely awful. Yeah. The entire and, movie. like, manipulative. It's... And it also does... It's... It's hard to really get behind anybody because Paul Rudd's character was very boring. As bland uh, a white guy as it is. Yes, he was mildly humorous. Um, and that is entirely just from Paul Rudd. Like, there's nothing written in this character that makes him funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like... There's just so much. Like, the... Um, the the psychic played by Lake Bell... Again, I, I, I will say this. I think Paul Rudd, like I said, has absolutely nothing to work with in this movie and like bell has almost nothing to work with and i think they both are fine they do their jobs well um ava longoria i've seen in stuff i think she's a good actress she's pretty damn terrible in this like she cannot pull off like they're they're asking her to do like some like hammy like goofy stuff as the ghost mm-hmm. and like she pretending to be a demon and stuff yeah, and she it just was, can't pull it off. It was goofy. I I really thought that the scene where she pretended to be a, a demon, or pretended to be possessed by a demon uh, for, um, I want to say her name was Ashley, the psychic? Yeah, I think you're right. I think okay. it was Ashley. Her Her performance as a demon, even though they modified her voice, was so goofy to me that I... I thought they were going to set it up like she sees immediately through it. But no, she got... But yeah. Because she clearly, like, believes in ghosts and stuff because it's a real thing. And she presumably has actually contacted the dead before, this psychic. 
So that's the thing. We don't know. The film, like the film has this weird thing where Ashley is running a catering business and is also a psychic, and it's not clear if it's she Which ever, they didn't like, need not, to do. No, she didn't it, also it, need to need to be a caterer. caterer. And it also is never quite clear on whether or not Ashley was just scamming people or if she actually believed she was a psychic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And well, or if she is actually a psychic, because there's clearly ghosts and you can clearly actually contact them, and then nobody else can see Kate except for her. So, so I'd say she does have the gift. I, it's just, this movie is just a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Like, all the scenes where Kate is haunting Ashley, it's like Kate just trying to not be menacing, but just be annoying. And all it does is it's like, it's like too effective and it just ends up annoying the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your favorite scene when they just spent like three minutes of her telling the audience all the, the pets she owned or when they were trying to have sex and she just started screaming basically it's just it yeah. doesn't translate into anything remotely funny in any way it shape wasn't. or form i'm trying to think and, of if i found any of it actually entertaining i will say uh, and we'll get to this in my favorite moments bit there was one yeah. joke i actually laughed at it got me okay. once um you know who didn't get me at all was jason biggs as the best friend Yes, the gay best friend. It's so... It's like, this movie already has... She's a psychic and a caterer, and there's ghosts. And she's, like, lying about being a psychic, even though she actually is psychic. And then, in, like, the last 30 minutes, it reveals that Ashley's best friend has secretly been straight the whole time and has been just pretending to be gay to be close to her. Which is, like, just about the worst fucking thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Like... It's I, dis- it, they seem to just brush him off as like a nothing character for most of the movie until they needed him to be like, oh, look, she moved on with this guy who was clearly a horrible person and was basically scamming her. Literally, like at one point when he's revealing it, he does the thing like, do you know how hard it was for me when we saw each other naked and I couldn't say you were fucking hot because I was <laughs> pretending to be gay? And it's just like, I don't think I would ever have spoken to this man ever again. No. And the fact that she dates him later is like, fuck off. Upsetting. This is a movie that just has... So much going on in it, and so, so very little of it is working. It's like it constantly is trying to do something. Like, there's a scene where, like, they're trying to have a normal conversation, and in the background, like, they're at the vet's office, and a pair of vets are, like, fighting a dog oh, for yeah. no reason. That, that's where, that's when I said that they needed to reintroduce the ghost, is when they were, like, trying to lift a heavy dog in the background, which I'm all for doing a. <laughs> a joke in the background of a scene but like it was like it it. just wasn't funny so i guess they weren't doing a joke in the background because it wasn't funny oh my god i will also say like the film 
like I also noted that there was a part at the end that could have been funny, but the film like the film is like there's parts of it where it's like it's close to making a funny joke and it just doesn't know how to make it work. Like at the end when they reveal that, you know, Kate sort of like because she's such a dick to everyone, um, Kate reveals that um, when she first like got to heaven, she annoyed the person. In, talking to her and sort of like explaining heaven to her so much that she like left her in purgatory with no explanation of how to get out yeah and at the end of the movie kate discovers like she's thinking like it's somebody like oh i had unfinished business which was trying to make her fiance happy paul rudd happy so she like completes that and thinks okay now it's time for me to go to heaven and at the end it reveals like all right, you're ready to go. Uh, you have the thing. Do you have the orb you're supposed to collect? And she's like, what mm-hmm. orb? And then the movie like ends and it's kind of like, that was like close to a joke. Like that was it close to something, but you didn't I, quite get there. I chuckled. Yeah. Um. There was this. I agree that there was something there. Um. It really should have done just the like like a hard cut to the credits right there with the did you get the orb of true love or whatever and then she's like the what, what? and then they just cut it right that would have that would have been a funny like like subversion type of but no they, they even did the credits weird by having like a film by stay at the top of the screen as the credits went up I don't know, that bugged me. Um, I only have one piece of trivia for this movie. It went through two other titles before they released it. Uh, So the first title was How I Met My New Boyfriend's Dead Fiancé. And the second title was simply titled Ghost Bitch. (laughs) Yeah. That should have been the title. It's It's a much better title than Over Her Dead Body. Which, Um, not that Over Her Dead Body is bad, but... It's Ghost like um, it's like good. death becomes her. When did that come out? Was that around this time? No, that was nineties. I think maybe even eighties. I don't know. That movie's bad too. But it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. All right. Best and worst moment. I would say my least favorite moment was the reveal that. Jason Biggs' character was pretending to be gay because it was gross and it served no purpose. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that the only part I laughed at is uh, uh, Ashley gets scared by the ghost at one point at the beginning and tries to avoid seeing Paul Rudd. Eventually, she snaps out of it, goes to make a date with Paul Rudd while he's working at the vet's office. And so you get this moment where, like, she asks him out and he accepts and he's all excited for it and he walks up to the wake the patient in the waiting room that's been waiting the whole time and he's like how can i help you today and the patient just looks him in the eyes and goes dog's got an itchy ass and he's like all right mm-hmm. and i was like that's the only part that made me laugh just like itchy ass okay mm-hmm. let's do this and that's not even a good joke and so the fact that that's the best joke is rough yep <laughs> rough. Fuck um, off. yeah. Okay. Well, better than this movie. We have it's, to be. It was. I can't think of any moment that other than the orb thing. 
which I thought was kind of funny. Um, I can't think of anything that was really compelling or nice. Um, I'd say my least favorite part was the going to was the going to the airport scene before <laughs> she takes her flight, which is so like done. They even yeah. did it in Friends, which Paul Rudd was also in. So great movie. I would give it a whopping one and a half out of five. Strongly not recommended. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a context in which you should watch this movie. Um, what was the name of that guy? The guy who was the ice sculptor? Stephen Root. Because I... I know that Desperately guy. He, underused in this movie. Yeah. He was in uh, Mad Money, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to say. All right. Uh, so for this upcoming week, we're going to switch things up a bit. Uh, I think we've mentioned this before, but we have a reserve. This is a collection of... Several movies that were released direct to DVD or in limited release or on TV in the year 2008 that normally going through the year this way we wouldn't get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided at the end of each month, so technically this will be January's, I guess, even though we technically already started February because we didn't have this idea until just now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to each pick a movie from the reserve and watch them so this week we'll do the reserve movies and then next week we'll get back into the box office regular in the year regular uh just to make sure we're getting to some of these movies uh throughout the year because there's some interesting stuff on this list so Mm -hmm. uh liam would you like to introduce your pick yes my first pick will of course be futurama the beast with a billion backs i believe this is the second Futurama movie of four. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all of them were only all right except for the first one, which was pretty good. Um, And I'm excited to rewatch it because it's been a while. Yeah, and I'll get some uh, Futurama. It's nice. I already own this one, so this is easy for me. Do you own it? I think I do, but it it came in one of those like paper... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, I got it on Blu-ray where it didn't come with the crappy recycling cases. Yeah, and it was... Because, like, that never made sense scratched. to me. Because it's like, we're going to give you a shitty paper case for your DVD for recycling purposes. And it's like, I keep my DVDs in their cases. Like, that's not something I'm going to f- mm-hmm. throw away. Hey, so I'm I don't know vain, why do that. and I like to display the things that I buy. Come on. Yeah, I am incredibly materialistic. I grew up in America, motherfucker. Um, I had a tough time picking one because I wanted to... My, my initial instincts was to go to the Scooby-Doo movie that came out this mm-hmm. year. But I don't want to do... I don't know why. I don't want to do two animated movies next week. So I think I'm going to go for a shot in the dark here. And I'm just going off of posters that look good. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Never Cry Werewolf. A sci-fi... Uh, channel werewolf film starring nina dovry as Mm. a woman who finds herself stalked by a werewolf 
um, in her small town. Hi, Why not? And Sue. Let's do some werewolves. And I did actually, I should also mention, I didn't bother to check and see if this movie was available to watch anywhere. So, much like how Canada stole the eye from us this week, uh, next week maybe we'll come back with a completely different second movie. So Reality might steal this movie from us, too. So, you know, the only way to find out for sure is to subscribe to this podcast, to comment on this podcast, let, you, let us know what you think. We are now everywhere. Uh, we are on Spotify, Ooh. we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on anywhere you can find a podcast, Rewind the Times is going to be there. You can check out the first two episodes now. We got a nice, sexy new logo that I paid money to have made. So, oh, really? Yeah, I paid like 20 bucks. I made it, it but good, I had though. to... Yeah. Um, so yeah, be sure to check that out, uh, and we will be back next week with an all-new episode tackling Futurama into the... Fuck. Into Futurama, Beast with a Billion Backs, and Never Cry Werewolf. Woo! We will hopefully see you then. Alrighty. Oh, God. I'm gonna go listen to some fucking Hannah Montana. Fuck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to jerk off to the Jonas Brothers. <laughs>